0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food arts and entertainment weekly concert listings weekly event listings the environment travel i can continue but you get the point point. and for all of you chicago political junkies raw weekly columns on real city politics from maya duke and our very own ben jarofsky the chicago reader free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com read it now and be a more informed chicagoan hey everyone how's it going we're live oh Where'd the dolphin go from? Get that dolphin out of there, <laughs> would ya? God yeah, dang. What's going on, everybody? Uh, your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, February 17th is just moments away. But today on the Ben Jarofsky show, we're doing something a little different. We have a surprise. A surprise guest on the Ben Jarofsky show today. Yes, I just sent him an email. A Google meeting invite. Live stream chat: What is happening? We're gonna find out in moments who our special guest is. Oh, can you feel the suspense, Ben? Yes. Oh, who is it? Oh my God! A special guest will be <laughs> joining us the <laughs> for the entire Ben Jarofsky show. He's gonna do the local news with us and be joining our interview with Monroe Anderson. Jay Marie on the live stream chat says Frank is sleeping on his <laughs> song of the day request. Oh no, Jay Marie, he is not. <laughs> All right. I sent him the email. We'll wait for him to uh, respond to that and jump on. But today's Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, February 17th, is brought to you by SCIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, our sponsors as well, and the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. Go check it out, everybody. Fantastic publication. They just got a, they got a new book. Ben has a book coming out, his greatest hits book. It's going to be coming out very, very shortly. For more information on that, chicagoreader.com slash jarovsky J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. You can also become a Benhead. That's right. Do you like listening to this program? Do you want to help this program? Well, become a Benhead. Find out more, chicagoreader.com forward slash jarovsky Ben, spell that last name.
2: J O R. A, a V as in victory. S K Y. All right, our special guest is
1: here.
0: Oh my God, I can feel I can feel the suspension.
1: Are you there, special guest? Roll tide. How are you too? <laughs> there
2: you go. It's Frank, the special guest. We actually this. Uh, we, we said we were going to do this about two weeks ago. Uh, so Frank, welcome to the virtual show. Frank actually yeah. did a show with us once before in the studio, long, right. long ago when we were in the studio. Uh,
0: I know that was a long time ago, pre-COVID.
2: Yes, pre-COVID. Yeah. All right, Frank, right. Uh, you it opened right, up. It
0: was right after the Iowa caucus and Andrew Yang and was basically closing up shop.
2: You know, I do not remember the exact, but I remember who the guests were that day. For 10 it was points.
0: Jeanette Taylor and SDG and yes. Romano.
2: Right. Wow. <laughs> I got to get credit. Greg. SDG was in the studio with JT, Jeanette Taylor. Mm-hmm. All right, Frank, uh the song of the day, live. And by the way, I did a pre-show prep with Frank, and I did not get the song of the day, so I'm hearing it for the first time. Let's hope I get it Mr. right. Mr. Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan. Oh, the Bob Dylan version, not uh, the uh, Birds version. Okay, very good. There's
0: another version of that song.
2: Yes, all, well, Bobby D wrote it, and uh, the the Birds took it into a hit. But i do, doesn't matter because m- you could not tell the difference. Like if if I said, "Oh, this is the Birds version," it would so sound no differently than the Bobby D version. Here we go. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy. <laughs> And there is no place I'm going to oh. oh, wow Frank, you got to see it You got to see the song of the day How was that? Was
0: Bob Dylan in the room?
2: <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan has left the room, ladies and gentlemen Bob Dylan has left the room <laughs> now just me a guitar
1: Your Ben Jarofsky show with special guest Frank starts now It is Wednesday, February 17th, and live from my apartment and his attic and wherever Frank's at, this is the Ben Roski Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist, Monroe Anderson. And now your host. Chicago Reader columnist
2: Ben Jarowski. Yeah, hello, everybody. Ben Jarowski here. We're calling this Cheesehead Joe Wednesday. And here's why President Biden went to Wisconsin yesterday, put on his Packer shirt, one of those big cheesehead things like people, Packer fans, wear in their heads. And he held a town hall meeting in Milwaukee. CNN covered it. Hey, everybody. I'm Anderson Cooper. No, I didn't see him with a cheesehead hat on. I I saw the things. I got a little carried away. All right. Clarification, ladies and gentlemen. This is not Fox TV. If we make a mistake, we immediately correct it. All right. He wasn't wearing a Packers shirt or a cheesehead thing. Anyway. I'll edit that out. All right. Yeah, we'll edit that out of the uh, podcast. Uh, He picked Wisconsin for the obvious reason. It's a swing state. He's already thinking strategically, ladies and gentlemen. Got to give him credit for that. Hillary lost in 2016 to Donnie Trump. Joe Biden barely won it this time around. And Wisconsin has come to symbolize the independent could go one way or the other vote in America, the quintessential swing vote in suburban Milwaukee that Barack Obama was always worried about. So, yes, smart politics, Joe. He was very much the anti-Trump. If he'd been Trump, he'd been bragging about beating COVID, even though COVID hadn't been beat. He'd been bragging about winning the Senate, even though he hadn't won the Senate. And bragging about winning the Super Bowl, even though he had nothing to do with the Super Bowl. (laughs) Instead, Joe was humble and modest and self-effacing. He said he still can't get used to having a butler rush forward to meet his every need, put on his coat, wasn't raised to expect such regal treatment. And then he gave a Clintonian performance of listening to the people and their needs, responding with sympathy, like he really cared and was really listening. And He made promises like he's going to get enough vaccine out to open up the schools in the next hundred days, which sort of contradicted what he'd been saying the day before. So they automatically immediately had to issue some kind of clarification let's face it folks the vaccine rollout is absolutely horrendous apparently beyond the power of the president drug companies got to make their money where's bernie when we need him anyway near the end there was a moment that was positively daily as in richard m the mayor you love chicago it came when one Wisconian, or whatever they call them wisconsin site (laughs) frank what do they call them
0: i don't know i think (laughs) Wisconsinites.
2: And that coolie's right there. Head. Let's just call them cheeseheads. It came when one cheesehead expressed frustration without, about un, being unable to get vaccinated, and President Biden said, Stick around. I'll see what I can do after the show is over. That well, that's a, a horrible just, Biden impression. Ah, ah, ah. That's more uh, like it. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that's more like I had the feeling that President Joe was going to whip out a vial of vaccine, have that person roll up her sleeve and just shoot her right there in the arm on TV while Anderson Cooper like oh my goodness wow hmm. classic Mayor Daly. okay Mayor Daly never vaccinated anybody Oh. Uh, that I know of anyway But he used to hold these annual budget hearings Across the city It was a command performance for his entire cabinet The heads of streets and sands And fires and legal and cops And the school All these commissioners and CEOs Were lined up on the stage next to Daly. And they pretended like they cared When the little people of Chicago came before They had these microphones Came before the microphones And would tell the great mayor their complaint And Daly would listen And nod his head and that like if a black club leader were complaining about gangs loitering in the street corner, he'd bark out an order to a police superintendent and an aide from the mayor's office would scramble over to take the person's information to let everyone know that the mayor cared, really cared. One time, a man complained about a massive pothole in the street and the mayor said, Streets and Sands, do something about that. And Streets and Sands commissioner sent over an aide and the aide took down the info. Where's the pothole? We'll take care of it. And with a few days, a city crew came to fill the pothole only well, we get this at she year's hearing the same guy showed up to say hey that pothole you filled it's overflowed it's not a pot mountain in the middle of the street I had a laugh I always thought it was some guy in streets and tan- sanitation's passive aggressive way of letting that fellow know he didn't really appreciate getting called out in front of the mayor pot mountain sounds like a Cheech and Chong movie by the way I know pot <laughs> mountain <laughs>
0: Well, of their bets, as they do, as they've said in numerous interviews, they're hippie burlesque,
2: hippie burlesque. She's in shine. Didn't know that. Anyway,
0: that's what they, that's what Chief, or that's what they both Tommy Chong and she said in interviews. It wouldn't like the past years when they were going on the reunited tour.
2: They went on a to reunited
0: interviews. tour. Yeah. I guess like, that. To, Back in like 2008 or 9 or 10, oh. they did, went on a tour coming back together called the Light Em Up Tour.
2: I miss that. I'm a huge fan. Anyway, Daly is not a bad politician emulate, ladies and gentlemen. I never voted for him, but I'm just some lefty and an addict. He got elected six times, mayor of the city of Chicago. He'd probably still be getting elected if hadn't stepped down. And if we see Joe Biden driving a snowplow through the streets of Milwaukee, we'll know he really took a page from Mayor Daley. We got a great show today, everybody. Not only is Frank here, we got the legendary Monroe Anderson uh, coming on, talking politics. God, they will be talking about that uh, lawsuit, really fascinated with, uh, that Congressman Thompson filed against uh, Rudy Giuliani and Donnie Trump and the Proud Boys, going to take them all down. This fight is not over ladies and gentlemen. so plenty of political talk ahead of us with the great monroe anderson but before we do that the young man from alton the man that frank proudly calls dr d <laughs> with the news
0: never called you that and we'll never call you that dad i let's just call you dennis or d
1: thank you you're welcome frank man you want to come on every day that was awesome
0: <laughs> you're welcome
1: yes dennis here along with ben jarofsky show listener frank Frank, mm-hmm. anything you'd like to say to the live stream chat that's listening right now? Now, daily, you are on that live stream chat. Oh, <laughs> how's it going, everybody? <laughs> They're all I'm ju- just
0: happy to be back on. That's all.
1: They're all upset now. There's like, okay, so wait, Frank gets to pick the song of the day and be on the show. What the hell? Uh. Well, well, you may have to pass over your uh, your song of the day rights uh, to yeah. maybe a live stream huh? chat listener. You know what I mean? Just well, to be fair.
0: All right, that's
2: fine. Hey. I'm easy I'm going. No, the, the, the reason why uh, I appreciate Frank uh, song of the day. I told him this already. He makes a special effort to go back in time. Uh, he knows my era. Let's say 1979 was sort of the end of it. And I don't really know any songs after that. So I always appreciate it. Like Mr. Tabury, man, I think it's from 1963. And I tell you, Song of the Day has really grown into
1: its own little segment because uh, we just, it was a way for us to check uh, if the YouTube uh, live streamers could hear us. Uh, but then we found, you know, if you just fall directly on your face right in the beginning of the program, <laughs> you can only go up from there. You know what I mean? So it's just been a nice little segment that we have here on The Ben Show. And thank you, Frank, for keeping it alive. You're welcome. All right. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Illinois. We have a brand new political ad to play for all of you today, but first, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker.
3: Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit.
1: Today, our Democratic governor addressed the small problems currently happening with our state's financial affairs. It's budget address day. It went down about an hour ago. Uh, I have a little bit of audio to play from it, and... Yes, it's true. Illinois has been the vaccination leader
3: among the 10 most populous states in the country.
1: My God, this governor still loves Illinois. (laughs) Here's a bit more from J.B. Pritzker's budget address.
3: I began working on next year's budget by taking executive action to make cuts this year that will have the least impact on services while preventing the need for additional revenue from hardworking families eliminating $700 million in spending in fiscal year 2021 alone. Two months ago, I asked Republicans in the General Assembly for their proposals to close this year's budget deficit. I was met with silence. Apparently, their idea of bipartisanship ends when hard choices must
2: be made. Oh, man. That was a good comeback, JB. Uh, Their idea of bipartisan ends when uh, hardest choices have to be made. Yes. You know, my position on this Republican Party has been uh, in the state of Illinois has been worthless. Uh, in, in matters of dealing with budgets and matters of dealing with government, they elected uh, as Governor, their champion, Bruce Rauner, who essentially shut down the state for four years in the hopes that he could get Democrats to uh, agree to extortion, to essentially uh, eliminate collective bargaining rights for unions in the state of Illinois. We remember what happened. Uh, and now, of course, the the Republicans' attitude is that why make a proposal that could get criticized and critiqued that might actually divide? MAGA might divide the Republican uh, supporters if you don't have to. So just criticize whatever J.B. Pritzker uh, is coming forth with. It's probably not a bad political strategy, as strategies go. Uh, but he's absolutely correct Dave, when he says they've been worthless in terms of coming forth with any new kind of like idea. How are you going to pay for the programs that, uh, uh, that, you, you, that you want? Or are you going to cut? What programs are you going to cut? And uh, by the way, D, I know that the, the first part about it, the vaccines is that uh, I'm like, if Illinois is one of the top states for vaccines in the country, it really is pathetic, because good God, every night uh, about no every night and every morning, my wife is on the freaking phone or on a computer trying to get a, a appointment for the vaccine. It's it's kind of a joke right now. Then we like talk to friends. I'm like, yeah, I got it. They all have like this inside track. How they got it. So if Illinois is one of the better ones, I feel sorry for folks who like live in New Jersey or Montana or Texas someplace.
1: All right. So, yeah, that's J.B. Pritzker's budget address. Uh, He just gave it about an hour ago, but we're going to stop it right there because this is not my first time covering state budget addresses in audio form. And I've learned the hard way. You can't cover a state budget address as soon as it happens. No, no. You wait until the next day when everyone else in Illinois media has already covered it, and then we swoop in and poke fun about what they wrote. I'm looking at you, Chicago Tribune. <laughs> yeah,
2: so the uh, is
0: being, basically being from what I read, is basically being bought by a some type of company. I forgot. No, they're, what brought, uh,
2: they're being consumed by a hedge fund uh, firm, Alden. Yeah, hedge the hedge fund. fund.
0: Yeah, it's Basically,
2: it's basically the Tribune's going to go bye-bye, basically. Yeah. Well, let's that
0: means that. well, basically, or well, the good part of it is John Cass will be out of a job.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting thought, Frank. I thought of it that way, but then what would I do for uh, uh, jokes and one-liners about my good friend Johnny Cass, not Cash? Uh, of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, by the way, I just urge everybody to check out the interview we did with Gregory Pratt, who is the, uh, the head of the union at the Chicago Tribune, the president of the, the union at the Chicago Tribune. So they're openly seeking somebody else to come to the rescue uh, and save them from Alden, which is now, I guess, if this deal goes through and it's not a completely official, uh, will uh, mean that Alden owns 100% of the Tribune. That's a sad day, ladies and gentlemen. They are terrible the way they treat their employees and terrible the way they treat their property. Uh, and it's just bad news in general from journalism industry. You know, I've Frank's right, I've been complaining about the Chicago Tribune D for like my entire adult life but I don't want him to go out of business. Oh my God. First of all, I would, as I was just saying to Frank, I would lose all this material that I complain about but also there's a lot of really good journalists, uh, many of whom come on the show. And uh, so I don't, I don't want them to lose their job. Come on, there's got to be some rich guy in Chicago or rich woman in Chicago who wants to own a newspaper. Let's make sure they're a lefty Billy, lefty rich person, not something like a
0: ricketts. Wow. And apparently, we can also scratch Todd Ricketts for uh, running for, for governor because he's now running. He's now going to be something with the RNC finance or something or another.
2: We're getting ahead of ourselves there. Uh, We have a big governor's uh, discussion coming up. D, take it away.
1: All right. Uh, Yeah, we do have one more Pritzker story that we need to talk about. And uh, today we add another one to the list. The list of Illinois Republicans looking to kick our Democratic governor out of office, give him a run for all of his money. It's a lot of money. And become the next governor of Illinois in 2022. Paul Schimpf is his name. I think I pronounced that right. He's a former state senator and the Chicago Sun-Times and Jerry Nowicki has the story. A veteran of the Marine Corps who spent 4 years in the state senate and made an unsuccessful Republican bid for attorney general kicked off his campaign for governor on Monday, portraying himself as someone who better understands the struggles That the people of Illinois face the second Republican to enter the race to challenge Governor J.B. Pritzker, former state senator Paul Schimpf sought to distance himself from the Democratic governor on both policy and life experience. We have quotes from Schimpf. Schimpf says, quote, I know what it feels like to wake up in the middle of the night wondering how my wife and I are going to pay for our kids' education or what the next property tax increase is going to do to our family budget. The Waterloo Republican cloaked himself in the mantle or former President Ronald Reagan, but Democrats dismissed him as more in the mold of Donald Trump and former Republican Governor Bruce Rauner. <laughs> Schimpf made his announcement via video conference, beginning a day of traveling the state with planned stops in Algonquin, Rock Island and Morris on Monday and Decatur, Morris and his southern Illinois hometown of Waterloo on Tuesday. Uh, One more quote here from uh, Schimpf Schimpf. (laughs) Detlef shrimp. all right, he says, quote, my vision for Illinois involves a return to responsible government, safe communities, and economic growth in a free market. We need a governor who welcomes and insists upon legislative oversight of his administration.
2: All right, anything can happen. I do not see, however, and I'm usually a very pessimistic guy, but I do not see a a road forward for uh, Shemp. And uh, because to win that nomination, to win that Republican nomination, he's got to capture MAGA. And to capture MAGA, he's got to move so far to the right that all those little vague pronouncements he made about free market uh, and uh, believing in the little man, et cetera, and so forth, all of that will be be replaced by some really hardcore pro-Trump you know, uh, anti-democratic rhetoric, talking about uh, the radical left, you know, that's where he's going to have to go eventually to win MAGA. And if you go there, then it's going to be really hard to go back to capture the rest of the state. And then even, by the way, any attempt you make to move to the center will be attacked by MAGA uh, as being a betrayal of Trump. Like the first question he's going to be asked about impeachment. How is he gonna duck and dodge in that one? What about when he's asked about the insurrection? How's he gonna duck and dodge and weave and move in that one? So it's gonna be very difficult uh, for any uh, person, any Republican uh, to uh, defeat Pritzker D. Uh, And let's not forget, J.B. Pritzker's got a lot of money so, uh, you're going to be up against a, a well-oiled machine. So, right now, Pritzker's down on the polls, as I understand. He was at as high, his approval rating at the start of the pandemic, or as high as 63%. I think I saw the other day, it was at 49%. And I realized that um, uh, downstate Illinois, he's reviled. Now, there's another contradiction right there. I just thought about like, How do you deal with the notion that you have to open up the state? Maybe this will be not even an issue by the way by 2022 let's hope the pandemic is over but the notion awesome. that you have to, you have to open up the state uh while and uh, allowing business to operate and then at the same time saying you would do the right things to get people to vaccine and protect people it's it's just a contradiction right there where the republican party hasn't even signed on to the fact that there is a pandemic and it is a serious threat so i don't see it d uh, I, I just don't see right now the road to victory. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic.
0: Well, we also have a couple of other. He may not be alone in the primary. Apparently, according to Sheer Kapos, and what I read this morning in, in Daily Coast, that Rodney Davis and Darren LaHood have both have not ruled out a bit against against Pritzker, and also Darren Bailey is expected to announce to yeah. run for governor it uh, see- just kind of shows you the brainwashing by right-wing media by people that the whole hatred against this whole pandemic and any safety orders, because it's just it's just people are brainwashed from Onan, Fox News. Well, now since Limbaugh, well, since Limbaugh died today, that's one less anti anti lockdown voice.
2: Yes, I by the way, I was going to uh, talk to Monroe about Russell. If you see these fond memories of Russell, I've been really. Uh, I uh, Frank you were the first person that sent me that uh, a text saying that rush Limbo had died and that was followed up by about six or seven or eight or nine others uh, that I received I got and I'm just so old school in this uh d I'm just like if you can't say nothing nice don't say anything nice at all school it's just kind of how I've been trained after all these years and so a lot of my lefty friends I'm really my liberal friends are like just uh gloating uh about rush Limbo and I I just that's that old school in me you know what i mean it's just like you know what i think i'll just kind of let this moment pass
0: don't feel bad he's a terrible person <laughs> frank's <laughs> not of can... that uh of that
2: way no that? he's a
0: terrible person <laughs> and Rush limbaugh's nickname from michelle obama was michelle my belle obama like that was some devastating zinger and of course a couple of years later Paul McCartney went to the White House and actually performed that song for Michelle Obama and dedicated it to her so basically that was his nickname for her Michelle My Bell Obama Like that was some devastating zinger there, Rush
2: yeah, I, I he's really I said, not creative no, I, uh, I hear you Frank I, and trust me I, I well, my Rush Limbaugh story. Remember, D, that one time we were driving to DeKalb yeah. and uh, <laughs> Steve the ad sales him and said, Hey, Ben, let's hear what Rush has to say. Oh, it's nothing worse preparing yourself uh, for a, t- a left of center talk show than listening to Rush Limbaugh's nonsense. I finally said, Steve, you got to turn this off. This guy's driving me crazy. So, yeah, I, I hear everything you're saying. Uh, I understand that most lefties and uh, Most liberals, you know, are not, to put it mildly, mildly, uh, upset by the death of Russia. But I'm just old school that way. Just that's how I go.
0: Anyway. Many like many like ads, many radio ad advertising companies have really put over in, a, in the last couple of years, like four years and so have no Hannity or Rush clauses, basically do not put our ads on. And also basically in, I forgot what place in California, what town, he was being beat by four non-English speaking stations and a college radio station was beating him in the ratings. Just goes to show you how much more powerful that college radio station handled for him. And also in New York City, he was being beamed by four non-English speaking stations in the ratings.
2: By the way, I would, uh, those advertisers have pulled their uh, their spots from Rush Limbaugh's show. You're more than welcome to join our show. Go ahead, D. <laughs> All right, everybody.
1: <laughs> so, Paul Schimpf, you're on the list. Remember. Also on the list of potential Pritzker opponents, the downstate Senator DB, The big feller Darren Bailey. That is correct. <laughs> Chicago Cubs owner Todd Ricketts. And finally, in the probably but not likely, but boys of fun to talk about on a podcast apartment, One, Mr. Cow. Man cow.
0: It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922.
2: Yeah. D, I think we're the only show that's still talking about uh, Mr. Cow uh, about his Republican. Good. Uh, all I mean, the content w- for I us. Welcome,
1: we want it all. We want all that hot man cow content. All right. So, Frank, we're now going to go to you. Okay. All right. We asked you before the show here. So we got Todd Ricketts, this Paul Schimpf feller. And finally, Man Cow. We asked you to give us your top four picks of potential Pritzker opponents uh, to run against Governor Pritzker on the Republican ticket or whatever ticket. So, Frank, if you could give us your top four picks. Picks.
0: Well, Mankow is still up in the air Todd Rickage, you can just cross up Because he's now becoming a fundraiser for the RNC Or some Republican thing So he's basically, you can just scratch him off the list It's going to be interesting to see if, if Darren Bailey Or now, if it's basically Ronnie Davis or Darren LaHood If they can even make a dent Well, maybe get, Maybe running down the hood because he was one of the people that voted to not certify the election, even though he was one of the few Republicans, well, one of the majority of the Republicans to uh, basically not certify Biden's win. So he probably still has the MAGA vote, but he would still have to win. All the color counties, except maybe DuPage, but basically he would have to get through like Champaign, Jackson County, home to SIU, and all the majority of the college counties in Illinois. He had to get through those, and then Cook County, and then Lake County, which is now Blue, and all the others. And he would have a hard time because, like you said, he would have to go far. They would all have to go far to the
2: right. Yeah, I... Uh... That's a good point, uh, Frank. The congressman, I hadn't thought of that, but just think about that. The congressman actually made the vote with Trump to uh, not to certify the electoral count. Those congressmen, I just don't think, are electable in the state of Illinois. Remember, the state of Illinois, I forget, was like 53% for Biden, something like that. Uh, it's it's been Democratic state and presidential elections uh, ever since 1988 with George Bush. I think Bush was the last. Uh, yeah, Republican Getty, Bush, Bush Getty was Bush. the
0: last Republican to carry yeah. Illinois, yeah. just like he was the last Republican to carry California. So it's
2: I always- don't see I don't see how any congressman who voted uh, with Trump on that certification vote has a path forward to be elected statewide. Now, listen, it's a year down the road. A lot can change, but I don't think that much will change. I think that Donald Trump will be a presence in the Republican Party uh, till then, he, there will be that fight within the Republican Party where the, uh, the MAGA supporters will be going after anyone like that Adam Kinzinger who dares to speak out against Trump. And so that'll very much be a, uh, a factor in Republican Party politics so that uh, it will be really difficult for a Rodney Davis or a Darren LaHood to move away from that pro-Trump congressional vote. And J.B. Pritzker, as I said before, uh, has the resources to air commercials from sunrise to sundown. Uh, he can about, do it any
0: time, any time of day, no matter what, he can do
2: it during the overnight hours. Yes, about, and really put the spotlight on that vote. So, I, listen, I, I may not feel Like it's the right time to say nasty things about Rush Limbaugh right now, although I'm feeling tempted by all the texts I've been getting here uh, in the last uh, half hour. But I have no such reservations when it comes to taking complete joy and satisfaction out of the divisions within the Republican Party, because Republicans, you brought this on yourself. You you turn your party over to Donald Trump and his grifters, and now you're stuck with it. We're going to be talking about with Monroe about this, of course, later on because he takes great delight in it. Uh, and then, by the way, and then there's just. The criminal matters of Donald Trump, the criminal proceedings will be going forth. Investigations into Trump, investigations into the phone call he made to Georgia, investigations, further investigations, whatever ties, contacts he had with the insurrectionists. There'll be uh, investigations in New York City about his taxes. The case, uh, the, the E. Jean Carroll defamation case having to do with her allegations of rape. None of this is going anywhere. We're just simply moving it to a new venue. We're moving it out of the Senate, moving into the courts. And so any Republican who runs uh, statewide is gonna have to deal with that. And you're gonna watch, I'll tell you what, you're gonna watch once the election is, uh, once the primary is over and they've won, Uh, They've secured the nomination and and the Republican candidate has to move to the center. You're going to watch so much ducking and dodging and weaving and bobbing on the part of Republican candidates. Uh, If they want to if they truly want to win over uh, the independent vote or the moderate uh, vote, moderate Democratic vote, you're going to have to see them. Really, sort of play that uh, ducking and dodging game to avoid looking like they're a, a, a puppet of Donald Trump, or they may just go Genie Ives, all out, full MAGA, and just wave the MAGA flag all the way to the end, which will be a disaster because I don't see um, a MAGA Republican winning statewide without, as I said, doing what Adam Kinsinger, Adam Kinsinger, potentially. Could win statewide uh, because of the stand he's taken to Trump, but I don't know how he's going to get out of a primary. And then once he's in the general election, his opposition to uh, uh, choice is really going to hurt him in the state. So, D, I'm not crying for the Republicans, but it's going to be tough going for them. Well, this uh, has
0: been a oops, sorry, Dennis. No, this has ahead, been buddy. a this has been a long time in the making for, since the since the '70s since since the Southern strategy. That was so Nixon started to sow the seeds and then it was really started to pour on steroids under Ronald Reagan, whereas as we know Ronald Reagan started his campaign after the RNC in 1980 in Philadelphia, Mississippi, which was home to a bunch of, I forgot a slain civil rights worker. No, three of talking, three them. Three
2: slain good, good mature rights straight. workers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, three slain civil rights workers where he's talking about states' rights and welfare queens. So, and then basically, then Obama, not Obama's fault, but basically because what really started, it started under, then it really started to get full form with Obama with the Tea Party movement. And then it finally, the cruisers came to roost in 2016 with Donald Trump.
1: God, Dee. All right. Now to today's political ad. I think we got four, four uh, opponents for Pritzker, right? All right. Uh, Now to today's political ad. And I tell you what, when you're not clobbered over the head with these things during election season, political ads are fun. Left-wing ads, right-wing ads, ads from familiar friends. Springfield politicians, they promise
2: they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes.
1: It's all good times here on The Ben Jarofsky Show. And I think we're going to have a good time with today's ad, an ad from our friends of the Republican Persuasion at the National Republican Senatorial Committee, a group looking to move on from our former Republican president, one Donald Trump. I'm not a doctor. So what's the new game plan? Well, surprise, it's not new at all. Attack Democrats and unions. According to NBC5 Chicago, Republicans actually see an opportunity to begin winning back the suburban voters they lost under Donald Trump's presidency by capitalizing on widespread frustration with pandemic life and directing it at an old enemy. Teachers unions, the NSRC are also throwing a bit of shade over to our Democratic Illinois Senator Tammy Duckworth, saying Senator Duckworth has remained completely silent on reopening schools, choosing to cower to the teachers unions that fund her campaign rather than fight for students across the country. All right. So I have the ad here. Shout out to the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard. One Capital fax is Rich Miller. The ad is titled, Hashtag Open the Schools, Senator Duckworth. And once again, it's from the NSRC.
3: It is not clear to me where the president's position is on reopening
2: schools. I wish he'd be quiet and let the experts deal with this. Let the CDC speak to this.
3: The hypocrisy of the left, they say they want to follow the science. The CDC says, Open the Schools. The Biden administration says, we'll wait and follow something else.
0: It is the mantra of President Biden's COVID response team that science, not politics, will drive its policy in the pandemic. Most experts are saying uh, that you can reopen schools. The administration seems to be uh, all over the place on this, frankly, and can't get their story straight. There is increasing uh, data to suggest that schools can safely reopen.
2: These poor kids are not in school. They will never recover. Fact is in December we approved $82 billion. Billion dollars to reopen schools. They still won't do it. Why is the White House having so much trouble answering this question?
0: Oh my god, this music. He just of course they use somebody who's not even have ties to Illinois in their attack ad.
2: By the way, so I did not see, uh, literally see that attack ad. I just heard it. Uh, so, who were, who, who, Dennis, were the speakers on that attack ad? Tim Scott was one of them. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, all right. Here, here's the deal. This, by the way, seems to be a tactic. First time I ever heard this ad. This seems to be out of the Lori Lightfoot page uh, playbook. And this is Mayor Lightfoot's play, but we were talked about this at length yesterday. Probably talk about it a little more uh, uh, in um, uh, in, segment, uh, in the segment, in the local news segment. But uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, this is what she did in her New York Times. Interview where she tried to identify the teachers' union as the opposition and the opponent uh, to opening up the schools, and tried to link herself with frustrated parents uh, who were just so upset because their kids were still at home. and And the reality is this, particularly in the city of Chicago, the reality is that um, uh, many of the parents aren't even sure they want to send their kids back to public school. Uh, And in the middle of a pandemic, even if you do open the schools up, uh, if there's another outbreak of the virus uh, in a school, you're going to have to close the school anyway. Uh, So if you are going to, quote, unquote, follow the science or follow the healthcare needs, it's by no means a smooth road. And what the Republican Party has been trying to do uh, for the last, I don't know, six months or so Is try to figure out a way to use the pandemic Against the Democrats And it's very difficult to do When Donald Trump was the president Because Donald Trump had a hard time Just even uh, agreeing that the pandemic was real He got the virus
0: I take it, did you see
2: that New York Times article? How he was sicker yeah, than Yeah, he was, more, sick- he was sicker than anybody ever realized that he was very close to being on a ventilator. And his response after he got the illness was to say, I've conquered it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And he would have all these rallies, these super spreader events. And so the Republican party, like their essential, their essential message on this is that it's not even real. So now they're trying to flip flop and look for a way to, uh, to build some traction in areas where there's a swing vote, perhaps. And so that's clearly what they're trying to do. Try to win over some suburban uh, voters who are frustrated because their kids can't go to school. D- I don't know if this is gonna work again, as I said earlier, uh, in regards to Pritzker, I'm hoping by 2022, the pandemic, the great fears of the pandemic will have passed because I'm hoping by then the vaccine uh, will be out, but but again, I don't know who could beat uh, Tammy Duckworth statewide as a Republican because it's the same old problems that you faced regarding Pritzker, only probably worse because whoever goes to Washington, uh, you know, will will have to deal directly with the pro-Trump factions in in uh, Congress and in the Senate. So I really don't know how this is going to help them uh, in any meaningful way. And I'm just trying to think, like, the, I guess Adam Kinzinger, you know, he would be, uh, when we had Heidi Henry on the show and Murray Briel on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, the Harlem Moms, they were predicting, well, he would be a strong Senate, or at least he's thinking of running that. In their opinion, that's what he really wants to do, is run the, for Senate. So he could probably be, be the Republican best positioned uh, to give her a strong run for the money. But I'm not sure running on the pandemic is going to help him because Trump has made a disaster and the Republican party has. As well.
0: again, also, again, he would have to get past the primary. He would have to get past the primary. That's the problem. Like, Basically, he would have to get past the primary. All of, he would have to get past all the MAGA vote because now Trump is now the, now Trump is basically owns the GOP. And apparently, from what I've heard, that Don Jr. and uh, she's that, uh, what's her face? Kimberly Guilfoyle, or his girlfriend or fiance now, basically are trying to basically take over the RNC. And it's just funny how basically all these state Republican parties, are censoring their GOP senators, like Pennsylvania, Arizona. The Arizona chair of the GOP is a nutcase. She's a <laughs> conspiracy theorist. It's like, she, like she's one of those chemtrail
2: people. Yeah, no, I, uh, I hear you, Frank. Somewhere. I hear you. The, uh, and, the Republican and also, party. let's see
0: who's the going to be the Illinois chair of the GOP.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you. The like I said before, the split in the Republican Party is one that's. Uh, it, it, <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'm not gonna hide it, folks. I'm gonna take a little uh, pleasure out of it because they brought it on themselves. Uh, it's baggage that they're gonna be carrying for the next uh, year, going into the midterms. And the conventional wisdom is always that the party that's not in the White House prevails in the midterms. I'm hoping, talking about this uh, in future. Uh, episodes, of course, uh, for the next few weeks uh, with uh, activists and operatives, of the Democratic Party. But it, it seems to me, I'm hoping that they learn a lesson from Barack Obama 2010. They're not going to go to sleep. And it sure seems like the Democratic Party is on its toes much more than they were uh, 2009, uh, 2010, where they just were just so enamored with Barack Obama. They went to sleep. Uh, so those things together, I'm hoping that we can The Democratic Party can just beat back that trend. But it's going to be difficulty. It's very difficult, as Frank was saying, for the Republicans uh, to uh, bridge these divides in their party.
1: All right. Let's move on to the news in the
0: city of Chicago.
1: Chicago Mayor
0: Lori Lightfoot. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out and I'm going to make you walk home.
1: All right, we have no public events scheduled for Mayor Lightfoot this afternoon. Frank, any ideas uh, as to what the, the mayor could be doing at this moment, right now, 148 uh, Maybe p. she
0: could probably have lunch in her office, but she did say in a press conference, like she hammered it twice, that the reason why she's so gung-ho of opening reopening the school is because her daughter goes to private school, and they're, are back, in, they're back in person learning her daughter's private school. She said it twice in, in a press conference. Because her yeah, daughter's but, private school yeah. is back in person. Which also, we don't know what this, also what begs the difference? Yeah. Do we even know if the, her daughter's school, what kind of outbreaks they had or whatever? We don't know because we don't know the records. Yeah. Well, my guess was shoveling. But yeah, you're a, a
1: very, <laughs> you're a much smarter man than I. <laughs> <laughs> just, just shoveling, you know what I
2: mean? Like shoveling or snow right <laughs> out A lot of, out of snow there. out there,
0: you know what I'm saying? <laughs> She probably has one the one of her security details doing it for her.
1: All right. But, hey, so, you know, we keep talking about it and it just won't go away. And, you know, we really like talking about it. So, hey, let's just keep talking about it again. That New York Times piece on Sunday with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And how about that piece from Neil Steinberg, Ben?
2: Yes, Neil Steinberg, uh, commas for the Chicago Sun Times, also has a uh, a daily blog. I think it's called Every Damn Day. It's a pretty good blog. I uh, really let oh, his it's freak a, flag every fly. every goddamn day actually. Oh my bad, uh, sorry Neil. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he he lets his freak flag fly uh, in his personal blog. I mean he he. he- his fists will be flying in the, in the regular In his regular com as well but he really uh, Just does not hold back uh, At all uh, with his um, His daily blog and so We talked about this yesterday do you, are you going to read any Of the excerpts do you have it in front yeah, of you yeah
1: yeah I have It right here uh, all right, why don't you take it read some Of the excerpts all
2: right cool cool I'll
1: read some of this And uh, just saying I don't know maybe He's an avid Ben Jarovsky show Listener I don't know I'm just I'm just guessing Here after reading this you may agree Frank All right so it says here so Monday I was at lunch when I read Lori Lightfoot's interview with the New York Times, it struck me as odd that she would claim the Chicago Teachers Union has aspirations to be, quote, Akin to a political party and run the city. Where did that come from? I wrote it off as the typical collapse into a heap that control freaks do. You hit me back. Nobody cries like a bully. Then Tuesday, I read Franz Spielman's piece, which viewed the Times interview through the lens of Lightfoot's campaign promise to turn control of the schools back to parents. Then Dragoons, a cast of the knowledge uh, the knowledgeable to gather like mourners at a funeral to gaze down at Lightfoot's damning self Praise we would never have opened without mayoral control. Uh, He goes on here, Ben. I know there was one specific line that you wanted to talk about, right?
2: Well, yeah, uh, he, like I said, he lets his uh, freak flag fly there. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I'm sure you can find it. It's something about shoving, uh, making a point and shoving it up where the sun doesn't shy uh, with uh, Lori Lightfoot. Here's the deal. I think he did an excellent job, uh, Neil Steinberg, uh, in this uh, this blog post, uh, putting a spotlight on the aspect of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's personality that's really difficult to take. Uh, she's and she, you know, she's combative. She believes uh, in counterpunching. Sometimes she punches before the other punch, uh, and she doesn't let grudges go. And that's what's been happening here with the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, And so this notion that uh, Lori Lightfoot put forth in that New York Times interview that she and she alone was responsible for reopening of the public schools, as though it's this, like, uh, only up, all-powerful mayor could see us through to the end of, uh, you know, the COVID shutdown was, I think, uh, a really uh, arrogant an autocratic uh, position to take. It did not make her look, uh, it it made her look bully-like. It made her look uh, uh, it made her looked arrogant. Need I say, it made her look like a certain Donald John Trump. And I don't think that plays well uh, in Chicago overall. As I said yesterday, I think it, Pretty popular on the north side of Chicago, uh, which is Lori Lightfoot's political base, where there's a, just a lot of antipathy toward the Chicago Teachers Union. But when I saw Neil Steinberg come out with this this story, D, then I started thinking maybe it's not playing that strongly on the north side either. Uh, Neil lives in suburban Northbrook. He's not a particular lefty, and uh, he's anti-Trump, but he's uh, he's never really shown like a tremendous support for the Chicago Teachers Union. And the fact that he had the reaction to uh, Lori Lightfoot's uh, proclamation showed that maybe it just wasn't playing well anywhere in the city of Chicago, except for maybe, I don't know, Lori Lightfoot's home. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think she re- she overreached. I think she was arrogant. I thought she was autocratic in that interview. Uh, and she kept alive. This notion that somehow or other the Chicago Teachers Union is a great impediment to all that as well in the city of Chicago. And actually it shows that she, it dovetails with the Republican message, with the Republican Party is putting out. And the Republican Party message is that Democrats like Joe Biden, President Biden, and Senator Tammy Duckworth are prisoners, if you will, of the, of the unions teachers unions, that these all powerful teachers unions control the Democrats and are getting them to do things that are not in the good interest of the average common human being. And I think that's a very uh, dangerous position for a Chicago mayor to be championing because I would think that a Chicago mayor would essentially agree with the lefties in the Chicago teachers union that the key to breaking down the inequities between rich and poor, our expanded programs, our more services in our public schools, our more teachers, our more after-school programs, our weekend programs, et cetera, Uh, I wouldn't think that she would sort of be trying to position the teachers as some radical fringe group that should be uh, ignored or cut down to size. So I don't know what I read Neil's uh uh blog post, which I thought was very effective, very funny in some and very, very sharp in others. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: I have it here. Uh, I found that part ahead. that you're looking go for ahead. here. Uh by the way, this uh Steinberg boy, he just went up a few notches and guessed that we gotta get on the Ben Jarovsky show. Just saying, just saying. We may need to get Steinberg on the program. All right, so here comes the piece from old Steinberg. Don't believe Oh, wait, oh, I the wrong one. <laughs> J.B. Pritzker, me, come on
2: JB, Always trying to crash the party J.B.
1: my goodness, you're driving me nuts Alright, here we go I'm sure Lightfoot never imagined that Fran would take her interview and use it as clay to construct a more damning portrait, would whittle it to a sharpened point and then ram it so far up her ass. Oh, my. It came out of the top of of her head. Well, you are not seeing this in the Sun-Times. Of course, in a dignified, understated, professional manner. But if you read the two pieces, as I suggest you do, if you haven't already, they're a masterclass in why reporters cover beats. Note the credulous. Do tell us, Madame Mayor, tone of Gotham's gray lady. Then Franz burning of mayoral hubris down
2: to the waterline. Oh, this guy's a writer. Yes, he is. He's a very good writer. Uh, Neil Steinberg is a, uh, excellent columnist. But uh, D, that's that's where I think it was almost like he uh, was inside your brain. Remember how we did that bit. Uh, where I would wake up in the morning and and open up my paper and see that Eric Zorn wrote about exactly, or Rex Hupke wrote about exactly what I was gonna say on the show or write about for the show, and I would talk, had that whole bit about mm-hmm. how in the morning they stuck in my brain and then Eric left a Cheetos bag. Damn you, Eric Zorn, leaving that Cheetos bag in my brain. Well, D, I think Neil Steinberg may have been in your brain last night, and that explains the donut. Oh. <laughs> That does explain the donut. You know, maybe Steinberg's a Dr. D fan. Hey,
1: who knows? Next weekend,
2: we may hear that he's going skiing. Yeah, he's going skiing with Dr. D uh, (laughs) up in Michigan. I love these slopes on the bunny hill. (laughs) But uh, uh, no, but Dennis yesterday uh, had the same reaction, Neil Steinberg, and uh, he let off the show, but talking about how the puff piece interview in the New York Times and then (laughs) Fran, the woman Spielman just rips her apart. (laughs) Of course, you know, the heavy lifting in that column, S-D-G. Fran Fran Spielman went over to Stacey Davis-Gates and said, what do you think about this, Stacey Davis-Gates? And and then she let him have it good. So, yeah, so Neil Steinberg, D, that may explain the coffee cup that was left in your brain when you woke up this morning. There was a coffee cup there, a little coffee, a little cream. Oh, what's that (laughs) coffee cup doing in my brain? Neil Steinberg was up there last night he left that coffee cup. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that is the coffee.
1: That's where that coffee cup came. from. Now I noticed uh, you weren't like, yeah, cool, when I suggested that we
2: get him on the show. No, let's what? get him
1: on the show. Okay, has okay. he ever been
2: on the show? He's never been on the show. No, he's never been on the show. You we know, have like Ramona Hussein as our sometimes person. You know, we have Ramona on every Friday. But Neil Steinberg is pretty cool. I'll reach out to Neil yeah. Steinberg. Let's try and get him on here.
0: What? Go ahead. I'll be good. Also, it just goes to show you that she, because she's such a. I mean, I don't know. How Watch your language, Frank. It, how many <laughs> years lori been in office for now? It seems like forever. But I think she, because she just doesn't have the, she has the temperament of Ram, and she just doesn't know how to. She just over bit. She bit the hand that fed her, and basically, it was like because how dare she compare the teachers And that's something that educate, that's trying to educate children, and trying to make a decent living. Compared to the police union, remember that psychopath, John
2: Zara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty good, right? That's, you know what? That That's the other thing. We talked about this with Carlos Ramirez Rosa yesterday, Alderman Rosa. And um Lori Lightfoot continues. She's done this like three or four times. Her attempt to sort of like show, like there's two... She doesn't have a problem with unions or collective bargaining. She's not Bruce Rauner. This is kind of. Her. She just has a problem with the Fraternal Order of Police and that union. Sometimes she doesn't uh, even say the name of the union. That union, meaning the teachers. Uh, so to
0: Bruce and leave it to Bruce Rauner to have the Illinois FOP endorse Pat Quinn in twenty fourteen and Pritzker in twenty eighteen. But because Rauner was so anti union that he lost the police union endorsement.
2: Yes, yeah, he did. Illinois lost, police, the, the Illinois Illinois, police did Yeah, not the Chicago one. So that attempt to uh, link the left and the right and uh, to make it seem as like they're one and the same, and again, that is so offensive to anybody who you may not like. Let's put it this way: you may not like the personalities, and I saw this a lot with Karen Lewis. Despite when she was alive and was a presence uh, in Chicago and Illinois politics, national politics, international politics, anyway, uh, union uh, issues, uh, for that matter. Um, there were a lot of people who just would tell me, Ben, I don't really like her personality, the way she goes about things. But it's hard to say you disagree with, if you're, at least if you live in Chicago and you want to think of yourself as a progressive, with a union uh, that is championing spending more money on the public schools. And so that's just like a trick bag for mayors who want to fight the uh, teachers union. It's like, well, are you against their agenda? Their, their like, social agenda? You know, do you, are you putting your personal animus towards Stacey Davis Gates ahead of the things that bind you, that you have in common? It just doesn't make sense. It's like having a fight with the part of your of your party that right, represents the values of your party. It's like you wore war at yourself. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, political, uh, in political purposes and it just in terms of like the message that you're putting out doesn't, uh, it's contradictory. So uh, I urge everybody to check out that Neil Steinberg piece. It's pretty funny. Some great lines in there. Uh, and, um, it just goes to show you, D, uh, that uh, great minds think alike, you and Neil Steinberg. Neil, you know, pizza,
1: french fries, pizza, french fries. That's that's the key to skiing. We can go sometime. <laughs> I'm a skier. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the website for uh, that column, com. Neil Steinberg, just, just riffing. On uh, the latest with the uh, New York Times and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Ben, you mentioned it, our interview with Carlos Ramirez Rosa. People, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it, all right? It's available at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. What's that? You already listened to the Carlos Ramirez Rosa interview? Well, Go listen to others. Over nine hundred episodes for you to check out of the Ben Jarofsky uh, Ben Jarofsky show. And a uh, Ben head or not, I guarantee there's one show that you haven't heard. All right, go listen to it. Go check it out. ChicagoReader.com, wherever else you download podcasts. You can find us online at Benny J Show B E N N Y the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email Benny J Show at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from if you would like us to read your message on the show. It could be a fake name. I won't know. Just a name and where you're from. Sounds good. And you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, the legendary Chicago journalist himself, Mr. Monroe Anderson. Frank's with us. Ben's with us. I'm with you. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show live from my apartment and Ben's attic and Frank's office.
3: have a